There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you like the show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this show. programs and welcome to episode 104 of the nerd cave retro show my name is Derek diamond here doing a quick intro for this week's episode which is a special live show that we did at the Gulf Coast fan fest in Biloxi Mississippi this past week uh, we had the opportunity to host a panel uh, discussing retro gaming our show uh, some of our favorite gaming memories uh, and so much more it was a really fun time it was myself Jason and of course, Mr. Wally Phelps had a really fun time. Uh, hope to do more uh, of these uh, here in the future, these live shows. A uh, lot of fun to do, had some good interaction. Um, I will give a little disclaimer. Um, the audio is not going to sound the greatest because uh, we tried to hook up my Zoom H6 recorder to the actual sound system. But for some reason, when we would plug it in, it would cancel out the speakers so I basically had to plug in an adapter to the Zoom, which was like an external microphone, and put it next to a speaker and hope for the best. So I do apologize about the, uh, the I won't say subpar, but not as good of audio quality as you hear during a normal episode of the show. But hopefully you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, here is the Nerd Cave Retro panel from Gulf Coast Fan Fest. Greetings, programs, and welcome to a live episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. My name is Derek Diamond. I'm someone else. <laughs> we have our official Nerd Cave Retro fact checker here for the live show so that uh, we get everything correct tonight. I've got the over under set at five corrections, and I will take the over. 
So did anybody bring anything to drink for the official Nerd Cave Retro drinking game? Every time I say something needs to be on the switch, you take a drink. Anytime I do a really bad Owen Wilson impression. Wow. So we want to talk a little bit about the show. If anybody here who's not pretty much here, everybody that's here has heard the show before. But um, we talk about all gaming from the 80s and 90s, and uh, we talk about the news, we talk about this month of video game history, and we talk about, well, we review an old game every week. So, show of hands, who's heard the show? Yay! Is everyone here? So, anything you want to add to that as far as what the show is? Um, It's actually, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about ever since I was a kid was retro gaming. And I remember you coming to me with the idea to do this podcast, and I was just all for it as soon as you had the idea. Because I know we met through you doing Pop Culture Palette, and um, you got into collecting you know, vintage Nintendo games again. So we just kept exchanging messages back and forth, and he said, hey, well, I've had this idea to do a podcast about retro gaming. I think I was doing three or four other podcasts at the time. So I was like, sure, why not just add one more? But it's it's one of the reasons why it's one of now the two shows I do is because it's just something that I love to talk about. And there's not too many people that I talk about retro games with. So it's a good outlet to have. Well, same here. I, I, one of my favorite things to talk about and do is uh, retro gaming. And my favorite thing to do is go to flea markets and try to find the cheapest games I can find. And um, I love talking about it. And plus, that was pretty much my midlife crisis, is to just start collecting Nintendo stuff again. So what about you, Mr. Phelps? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I love retro gaming from whenever I was a little kid. And uh, I studied up on retro gaming as much as humanly possible. I know way too much about the subject to the point where when I listen to the show, it physically hurts me when they say things that are inaccurate, or <laughs> or if there's something important that they say that they've never done before or never played, and I know exactly what they're talking about. So, Way of the Warrior, I've never heard of that. What? <laughs> that was only an SNK favorite. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I never played it. Uh, but they also missed one thing whenever they were describing the actual show. It is also Switch propaganda. It is not. <laughs> we're just spreading the good word. <laughs> so have you heard the good word about the Nintendo Switch? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite retro games that we liked back in the day. Oh, we're yeah. going to go to uh, some questions. Has any prepared for this evening? We would love to have some questions. So, <coughs> yeah, sure. Uh, when it comes to, to retro games, there are two games that instantly come to mind. One, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Super Mario Brothers Three. We might touch on that subject later, but um, no, it was. It's a game that, to me, was synonymous with my childhood. Um, you know, gr- I grew up playing the original Mario for SNES. I actually never owned an SNES, or not a SNES, but NES. When I was a kid, I would always go over to my aunt's house after school, and that was where I was introduced to Zelda, Mario. Um, then got the SNES as a late birthday gift. It came out in 91, I think a week or so after my birthday. So got that, Mario World came with it, and that just changed 
no pun intended, but it changed the game for me. Spent so many hours playing Mario World, you know, it introduced Yoshi, one of my favorite Mario characters. Um, the other is what I'm sure you hold very near and dear to you as well, is Zelda Link to the Past. I had spent so many hours on that game from when it was out originally on the SNES, the Game Boy Advance re-release, Virtual Console. It's easily the game that I put the most hours into out of any that I have ever played during my life. So those are the two that instantly come to mind. There are several others that I could go through, but we'd be here all day if I did that. I think we're always going to have the eternal debate of what's better, Super Mario Bros. 3 or Super Mario World. Which they're both great games. But I think with, with us, it's you grew up with Mario 3, and I grew up with Mario World, so. Well, that's the thing with our show, you know, I mostly cover a lot of the Nintendo stuff, because that was, you know, that was my, well, I'd say my first gaming console. My first gaming console was actually uh, Atari 2600, when, uh, Christmas 1983, I think I got it, and um, Atari's okay, but when it came to Nintendo, that was, you know, that was everything. So, when I got a Nintendo for my birthday, 1988, that was one of the greatest days of my life. And um, I've been playing it ever since, and one of my favorite games, I would say my favorite game is still probably Star Tropics, because I actually finished that game. <laughs> but the other contender is, of course, Ninja Gaiden, which I have lots of YouTube videos of me trying to finish that stupid game, and in 30 years, I still cannot defeat the final boss, and when I finally do, Derek is gonna hear a squeal emanating in the air from my house that I finally defeated that game. It's your white whale. It is. I, I've, I've been playing it for 30 years, and I still can't finish it. And I, uh, <laughs> You'll do it one day. But for the show, I mostly cover the Nintendo stuff, Derek covers pretty much everything else, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega. I yeah. think I've done a Sega game here or there. Maybe I think so. I think you've done one. I can't remember which one, but... We've done a lot of shows and all of Yeah, them. over a hundred now, so yeah. they all just kind of blend together. Yeah. So what about you? What's your favorite retro game, gaming? My favorite retro gaming? Well, you know, I was like, y'all where I got, we, I started out with an Atari as well, so I'm kind of in between them as far as eras are concerned. So I was excited about Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World, and World is the better game. But, we might go into that later. But. You can go ahead and leave now, sir. <laughs> but I, I started out really loving, um, Arcade games for the most part, you know, because my uncle used to take me to arcades all the time and then the movie theaters and inside, inside of uh, the the movie theater they'd have like a Miss Pac-Man or something of that nature in there. And, uh, whenever we got the Nintendo, uh, Santa Claus thought I was less good than my cousin because he got the power pad and I did not. Um, but I, I really did enjoy, uh, you know, the Nintendo for, you know, Super Mario 2, Super Mario 3, Dr. Mario, Tetris. I just love a whole heck of a lot of those games. Back then, you could rent a game pretty, I mean, like, that was the thing. You went every weekend and rented a game you would never buy. And 
I've played so many games, it's hard to really pick which ones were really de defining moments for me. And you then didn't have to wait eight hours for a day one patch to be able to <laughs> That's play right. Like, well, I tried to play the cap attack today, but <laughs> it was a level pack that I had to. Uh, but yeah, I had the Genesis also, and of course the Sonic games were really big for me. I really enjoyed uh, Altered Beast and uh, the uh, Decap Attack, which I brought up. And this is going to be weird. My favorite Nintendo game of all time was Double Day. <laughs> for the Nintendo, for the NES. And it was... It, it, you guys, you know, Shinobi and or Ninja Gaiden have, has nothing against us because whenever you're trying to do the obstacle course, you have to hit left and right on the pad to run, and then up and down to climb, and then A and B to grab for the flag. And if you're not exactly right, you can't pull it down. And it is garbage, but I love that game so much. I had no idea there was a double dare game. I oh, there it is. Oh yeah! Oh god! Kind of reminds me of. Uh, did you ever play Decathlon? Anybody ever played Decathlon for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? No, you did. Remember the <laughs> controller? You had to move it back and forth really fast to run, and then you had to press the button to make the guy jump. You'd get so tired, you would just turn the controller upside down on the carpet and put your foot on it. <laughs> That's when gaming was for men back in the day. Yes. I will say though, um, mentioning that, with the analog on the N64, um, Mario Party 64 actually had a mini game called Paddle Battle that you pretty much did the same thing. Yep. <laughs> it would leave blisters on my hand. Yep, I remember that game as well. Actually, if you uh, uh, wrote into this to Nintendo about that, they actually would send you a Mario glove for, to cover up the blister. Actually, you could play it. Properly. Are you kidding me? No. Like You're telling us now? I've seen latest. It is like Mario's white glove, oversized, so it'll fit over your hand, but it's for the people who damage their hands playing that game of so, Mario Party. So for the recording, uh, there apparently was a glove that Nintendo of America provided to prevent blisters for the, the Mario Party, was it? Yeah, Mario Party 64. Oh, Mario Party 64, and that is bonkers to me. <laughs> Wish I had known that. That's what that for the collectibles. Yeah. Wow. But you know, you did that to did the little shy guy thing too. There was a there was a shy guy thing on one of the side stuff. It's like if you ever played Mario Party, you know, we had all these different places. It's kind of set up kind of like Pokemon Stadium. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if you went to the side, there's a shy guy. It's the same thing you did with Galva. Had many of friendships tested due to Mario Party. Yeah, I know. I know. Adam Hill. <laughs> oh, no, yes, I want a picture of that. There's a picture of the Magnificent. It actually looks fairly high quality, too. I was excited. It's like a mechanics glove. Yeah. It looks like you get that on eBay. That's what I was thinking. You get that being a professional wrestler with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to have a mechanics glove to play a game, the game is too hard. <laughs> It was a tense thing. Like, could you imagine, like, the executive running into the into the boardroom? Guys, kids are ruining their homes. We know that. That's like, what yeah. So, <laughs> no, with our game. <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that little joke. No. <laughs> 
No, I, I got nothing after that. <laughs> let, let me ask both you guys this. There's been a ton of great multiplayer games, like you know, Mario Party was just mentioned. There was also Halo. You guys have any stories of when things might have gotten a little tense during multiplayer games? <laughs> I was right there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think me and Wally both have some Halo stories because I, I don't know if anybody here would do Halo parties back in the early 2000s. You would get all your friends together, you would hook up four Xboxes, four TVs in the same room, you'd get a lot of beer and pizza and potato chips, and you would come to uh, blows by the end of the night because you all wanted to kill each other. Yes. <laughs> Especially if you were a screen watcher. There were so yeah. many uh, people doing it. Like, that's what we started doing with voices. You know, they, they, you can, on the show, they do a lot of voices. But like it while playing, Jason will yell, "The day is mine!" You know, it's, it's like no. Each to play, each time. If anyone had a dispute about somebody like doing something like screen cheating, we'd go out the back and whack each other's Nintendo swords. Magnificent. <laughs> yeah, that should be the standard. <laughs> Yeah, you were, you were a screen watcher. You got punted out of the party. Yeah. We have a ref or something. That'd be nice with a Nerf gun. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have a story about double dribble. Did anybody remember double dribble? Double dribble. Double dribble. <laughs> well, I had this friend that lived down the street from me, and this was the kid that I actually played Nintendo for the first time with. Because, of course, you know, everybody got everything before I did. But uh, I, I used to go to his house and play Nintendo all the time. Well, I eventually got a Nintendo, and I had double dribble and wanted to play with a friend. So I brought it to his house. And he had another kid that was living there. His parents let this kid live with him. Every, anybody ever had that kid in your elementary school that was, like, four years older than everybody else that, like, failed, like, eight times and was, like, had a beard <laughs> and would get kicked out of their parents' house and would have to live with other people? Well, this was that kid. So we started playing double dribble for a few hours, and then I go to go home, to leave and go home, so I take my double dribble out of the Nintendo, and this kid goes, what are you doing? I'm taking my game and going home. He's like, that's my game. I'm like, no, uh, one I'm of those here. And of course, this kid's like, you know, easily 50 pounds heavier than me, because I was a little squirt. And so I take my game, and I go to leave. He, he, he grabs it from me. Yanks me up and throws me across the room into uh, this kid's dad's glass gun case. Wow. So I ran home crying, of course, because I, you know, I was a little tough kid. And uh, <laughs> told my mom about it, so she ran down there and told his mom about it and got my game back. Well, I was about to show me my next question. Did you get your game back? Yeah, I did. I still have it to this day. And every time I see Double Dribble, I think about that story. <laughs> Fantastic. So there's and my that was the inspiration for Arch Rival. Actually, got to after your story. Uh, my next door neighbor before he ended up moving. You want to come up to the mic? The mic yeah. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to come up and ask. Like I said, I actually had a happier story. I had a next door neighbor of mine. He was also an N64 enthusiast. And what he ended up doing was before before he had to leave, he had to get rid of a bunch of his games. He had a copy of Conquer Death Perfect. Oh, nice. I got it. Like so me and my brother, we pretty much we pretty much shared that game. And then also from him I got uh, I got Sapphire. I got his game chart for the Sapphire. And uh, shoot, what else did I get from him? 
I never played Atari, so I'm not interested in a mini Atari or a mini ColecoVision or whatever. Well, you can go into a retro gaming shop right now and get an Atari 2600 and every game for about 50 bucks at this point. Which wow. is too much. Yeah. <laughs> There's only about eight good games for the Atari. Who has played an Atari recently? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like the last time I played it, it was, the last game I played on an Atari 2600 was Pac-Man. And I I think it was Pac-Man anyway. <laughs> it, it looks like hot track. Well, because it, it was one of the things that actually brought about the crash of 83. That's right. Because they made 10 million copies of Pac-Man, but there were only 7 million Atari 2600s that existed. I don't know about you, but those numbers don't add up. Don't they? <laughs> I'm not. Gonna... They have like a thousand games, but they only Well, not not as much anymore. You would you would think because uh, the way it works now is that they uh, they manufacture the number that the act, the stores actually put order, and plus most of them are digital now, so they don't yeah. have that problem with making too many physical copies. So if there's not a physical copy available, you can just download it. But you know, back then, no one was downloading. So you know, and if you were, you were watching, you were doing the Sega Channel. Anybody remember the Sega Channel? Yes. Okay, the Sega Channel was something that happened in the mid '90s, where your cable provider could actually, you would actually buy this thing that went inside of your Genesis, and you put a cord into the cartridge. And your cable provider would allow you to actually play video games. You could stream them to your Genesis. This is how far back this was. And it was... Back in the old days, And the thing is, there were even exclusives. Like, it was a Mega Man game that was an exclusive to it, where you had the first two games. I think it was called Wily Wars. But it was the first two games. And... The, Oh, the first three games, and it was there was an extra component to it that was brand new. But you could only play it through the Sega channel. And no one could play it because it was such a large download that the technology did not exist for you to download it and keep playing it because once you turned your Genesis off, it disappeared. <laughs> you had to re-download it. Never <coughs> play it. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Never heard of that. Oh, Look this up. <laughs> <laughs> he is the fact checker, so he knows. That's why he's here. Uh, does anyone have any questions they want to come up and ask, or any uh, maybe your favorite uh, retro games growing up, or anything like that? So I mentioned my next door neighbor, and honestly, I, I really want to tell the story because if he's listening, I have not seen him since. So I really want to thank you, Tom Smith from Pennsylvania. Uh, What's so, your name? <laughs> my name is Ty. You hear that? <laughs> so, um, okay, so this is this is something that we did. I told you he gave me a, a copy of Sapphire and the Game Shark or what have you, and then this was back when the DSs were out. Okay, so uh, we uh, we went to try to get the Pokemon uh, through the GTS that we were looking for to complete our Pokedex, what have you, and he actually had one up there that we wanted, and so. Uh, we see, uh, we see this Pokemon that he wanted in return for this Pokemon. I think it was a uh, Machamp. It was Machamp. And he wanted it at such and such level. So, um, so what we ended up doing was we used the Game Shark 
to get that Pokemon on Sapphire, transferred it to our copy, which I had Diamond at the time. It was either Diamond or Platinum. Uh, I think it was Diamond. Yeah, so I transferred it to Diamond, and then I ended up uh, using the uh, Belinxis. Uh, I, I used it to clone the Pokemon or what have you, and I, uh, I ended up sending him the clone. And then after he came back to our house, I told him what we did, and he's like, darn you! <laughs> so you're talking so, Pokemon now. That's Derek's area. When people talk Pokemon to me, it's like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what's going on right now. He's well, like, you know, sure. It, it's, it's funny. Cause, how many how many people use cheating devices whenever they're, they're playing games? That was the only one that, well, actually, um, I just strike that back. Um, the only other time I've had to use a cheating device was when Katrina got rid of our Toys R Us. I was so devastated because they had an Arceus event that was happening at Toys R Us. And I was in uh, high school. I couldn't really drive an hour away to, say, Hattiesburg or Slidell or what yeah. have So I was stuck in town. We're in Biloxi, Mississippi, by the way. Okay, so we're we're pretty much stuck in town, so my only way to get the Arceus was to get the Azure Flute off of the action replay. And oh my gosh, that was a nightmare. I don't think I can get it to work anymore, but I did get the Arceus. Well, I've never played those games either, so. (laughs) (laughs) But I know what you're talking about, because I I, I know enough about them, and the... uh, I'm sitting there on code terms. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, why is this a thing? Well, and and the thing with the thing with the the cheating the cheating devices to me is, is that uh, I never could afford them. Yeah, like you can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they, we had a rental store that allowed us to rent the game cheating, and that's the only reason I even. But the the thing is, I had a top loading Nintendo at the time, and they didn't work with the top loading Nintendo. Did not know that. Yeah, because they have a, you know, the Game Genie, the way it was designed was so it would push itself in, down enough, the game down enough into the machine to play the game. But there was a, a flap on it that would stop it from going into a top loader. So you couldn't use the Game Genie on it. So I spent $6 to rent this thing I couldn't use. <laughs> And I am still living. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted weekend. It was. But no, I knew about the whole uh, the game shark, game genie with the Pokemon. I guess I never tried it, but I know that trick. And I still miss being able to clone with the Linksys Rider because it's like you had to wait for this little light to come on. That was so good. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that now, but it was so much fun when you could. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Use the hell out of that. <laughs> now my my next question for everybody is what is better, Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers Three? Three, World. Three. Uh, well, honestly, in my dad's opinion, the one that was on the NES. All right, raise your hand if it's World. Raise your hand if it's Three. I think we're tied. Of course, well, this, this settles nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are undecided have to fight amongst themselves. <laughs> There's an arena behind the, the convention center. You guys can sell your issues. <laughs> well, let, let me let me ask this question because I know we've talked about this occasionally on the show. And I know because Wally loves to hear this phrase so much. Is there a game that passed you by that you regret like not playing when you were younger? Hmm. 
Whether it's one you still have yet to play or it's one that you've played in recent memory. Well, I know that Little Samson is uh, one of the later NES titles that is really good, and I'm not going to say whether or not I have a ROM of it, but I'm not going to say that out loud. Can neither confirm nor deny. Not, neither confirm nor deny if I have a ROM of Little Samson, but I wish I would have had that game originally because uh, I could really uh, use being able to sell that game right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a lot of money. So I've heard you? Well, I mean, I can't really think of anything I never played that passed me. You know, to be honest, I think I think the thing that I'm most, I, I really wish that I was able to actually use was the activator. Like, it's, a, it's, an, a, it's an accessory <coughs> for the Genesis where it was like a, a piece of hardware that you put on the floor and it was a like a ring where you put your hand or foot over it. Did you have a dream about this, or no, is this a real thing? This is a real thing. This is a real thing. And now it didn't work worth anything, but but it it was something that was advertised so cool that I really wish I was able to actually to to, to use like the power glove. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's literally their power glove. I mean. It, it's a piece of technology that would be cool, but didn't work. <laughs> you know, um, it was supposed to be paired with a uh, VR headset that never was released. And yeah, um, seriously, you guys need to know more about retro gaming. <laughs> Fair, but yeah, the re the the activator. Look it up. The activator. I've never heard of this. It passed me by. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. That's why it passed you by. <laughs> what about you? You got any games that uh, you missed? I've got two. One I actually reviewed not too long ago on our show, which was Pocky and Rocky for yes. Super Nintendo. Ah. That style of game is something that you know I loved when I was younger, but it was just one that I never played. The other, which I still have yet to play, uh, one we've talked about extensively is Chrono Trigger for the Super yeah. Nintendo. Because I think it's, that would probably be my other one. As good as that game is, I never played it, and I wish I had. Well, it's so highly regarded. You know, every list that I read of you know the top Super Nintendo games of all time is always in the top five, or sometimes it's even as high as number one. But just never, never got around to it. And it's funny you mentioned Chrono Trigger. That's another story. Uh, I went to the flea market. About six months ago, and a guy had a table full of Super Nintendo games still in the box, and one of them was Chrono Trigger, and he wanted $200 for everything. And I started to hyperventilate because I didn't want to spend $200 at once at the flea market for all those games that I should have. And that's my biggest Where's the other games that he had? I don't remember. I think that he had Secret of Mana in there, too. I made a stupid mistake. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> no, I did yes. want to say that since we were on the topic of list opportunities, um, back whenever I had the Nintendo consoles or what have you, the ones that I regretted was uh, Banjo and Kazooie, because I never got to play that one. I've always wanted to, but I never got it. And uh, let's see. And then um, we were also a Nintendo only household. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I never got to play Spyro. 
and I, re I really hate that I missed out on that one. I'm really hoping that Ignited, the Ignited Trilogy comes out on the Switch because uh, I was able to do that with Crash, but now I'm really hoping Fire comes through for me as well. And there's so many other uh, Sony games that I have not gotten the chance to play, like the Digimon or Sly Cooper or what have you. Did you hear that long? Yeah, I'm sure. Does it? And, uh, you know, if, if we had, one, and I, this is bad, I know this is going to sound really bad, but if we had one console that allowed us to play everything, I would be happy with that. Because yeah. that means that I could play with my friends <coughs> and we wouldn't have to worry about this whole. Cost I wonder on the, Yeah. Where, 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 you know, I bought the wrong thing to play with my friends. <laughs> you know, and that's really my thing. Yes, sir? Not retro, but there is a company that has released the Xbox One PS4 console altogether. Well, that doesn't help me any. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, you know, right now there is a situation where uh, they are allowing cross-play with Fortnite. But that's just Fortnite. Yes, sir. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we know who you are, sir. So, question. So, as we all know, most licensed games aren't worth the boards they're printed on. But there are some that are a lot of fun to play. What's some of your favorite licensed games? And um, for just a recommendation, if none of you have played it, on Super Nintendo, the Arnold Schwarzenegger True Lies and the Jim Carrey's The Mask are both really fun. I've been wanting to play The Mask. I've, it's in uh, one of the retro gaming stores back in Pensacola. It's not that expensive, I don't think, so I might actually pick that up. Uh, mine was actually uh, Batman Returns. was way better than I thought it was going to be, because I had never played it before, and I picked it up at the flea market and reviewed it for the show, I think, last, was it, did I do it last October or was it for Christmas? It might have been for Christmas. It was a Christmas-themed game and a movie, of course, but Batman Returns is a really good game for the Super Nintendo. Uh, not sure how it is for the Genesis, but... Yeah, I never played the Genesis version. Of course, I'm a big fan of Final Fight, too, and it was pretty much just reskinned Final Fight with Batman. I'm totally okay with that. Uh, is Spider-Man 2 for PlayStation 2 retro yet? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from that, DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Why did I not think of uh, that? Yeah. The, the, I mean, that's really one of my favorite games of all time anyway. Um, the, the, Can we just talk about DuckTales for the rest of the time? Uh, <laughs> well, like this, like a hurricane. We, uh, but yeah, th that game was so good, but I, I would also uh, say uh, Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, mm -hmm. uh, would be my second pick for that, because you know, they're, they're both fabulous games, and that one's multiplayer, so I can play with my brothers, and we're not hitting each other, which is great. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, I'm still a big fan of the first Ninja Turtles game for the Nintendo. Yeah, the underwater bombing, uh, uh, bomb diffusion level really sucks, but other than that, the game is great. Yeah. I'd have to go with Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Yeah, yes. I love that one too. Yeah. It's probably my favorite arcade game of all time, easily. I'm going to say that and The Simpsons. Simpsons is really good too. That's another thing that disappoints me. The Simpsons was never put on a console. And I don't know Which why. is weird. It, they had it on the uh, Xbox Live Arcade. Well, 
fine now, but they didn't play <laughs> then. Well, that's but true. I wanted okay. to play it. All right, fine. <laughs> This is like 10 years ago, too. They had Simpsons on the Nintendo. I had Simpsons yeah, on the Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, 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 okay. Yeah, you're, you're talking about Bart Simpson versus the Mutants. Yeah. Marvel. You're talking about... We're talking about... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm like a decade older than you. <laughs> <laughs> there were, but they weren't great. I didn't say it was great. I said there was one. <laughs> That's true. They are... They exist as our... <laughs> you'll, you'll forgive me, I'm a talker or what have you, but we're on, the co- we're on the topic of favorite games, and I just feel like my favorite game is truly an underrated game. It doesn't get much publicity, okay, but judge me all you want, but Pokemon Puzzle Challenge for the Game Boy Color was actually one of my favorite games. It's one that I found myself continuously going back to because it is just ever so, like, if, if, if you've ever played it, you you will all you will automatically get it. It has nothing to do with type advantages. It's not your normal Pokemon. It is literally just a puzzle game, but it's got an intense level. And I've only ever seen one person on Twitch actually live stream that particular game. And yes, my ex is actually talking about getting a Twitch. My Twitch is typecast seven. Um, well, no, I don't actually use it. <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting point. What games do you guys like that no one's ever heard of before? There was a Pokemon pinball game that was really good. Uh, they would have had Ruby Sapphire version too, but you're probably talking about the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. So. You see, that's where me and Derek split <laughs> with our fandom because I. The Pokemon passed me by because I was a little too old for it, but you were at the right age for it. So yeah, the Pokemon stuff comes up. I just kind of glass over because it it's almost like Final Fantasy. And I make oh, here we go. I talk about Final Fantasy. <laughs> Earthbound? Oh, Earthbound is like one of my top five favorite games of all time. Yeah, Earthbound is great. Yeah. I just wanted to start a riot by saying Final Fantasy. <laughs> Look, okay. Well, I, I, I also hate Final Fantasy. So I am in line with these other gentlemen over here because no one on this panel enjoys Final Fantasy. I don't think we've well, got this much hate mail well, as when we talk about Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh, our Twitter blows up when oh, we talk yeah. about Final Fantasy. Oh, it really does. Yeah, but I, I will say I did enjoy Final Fantasy three or, or was that six in Japan or was it nine and eighteen forty two? And then every time, it, no matter how facetious we try to be and tell people we're just joking around, we always get that one email that's like, "Well, here's the thing: you really got to start with three. and then you don't get it. I'm like, "You're why we do that." <laughs> You're, the joke has passed the by. <laughs> well, no, I remember the first time we talked about that because I had no idea what your thoughts on Final Fantasy were. Well, we never got any mail before that. Well, no. Everything <laughs> <laughs> blew up. I'm like, people. Well, no, the, the thing was, when we were doing that, I was thinking, we're probably going to get some, some comments on Twitter because our Twitter is actually pretty interactive. Yeah. And then sure enough, you know, we got several different comments like, oh, well, you know, you gotta you got to start with three. Then you gotta jump to six, then go back to one, then jump up to seven. No. <laughs> You're not that's that. not how cool. it works. Let you me tell you how it's supposed to go. Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers 2. Super Mario Brothers 3. That's how it works. I was about to use a Zelda example, but yes, that would have been a very poor one. Yeah. Well then you gotta go on this timeline. Right. Now you gotta go on that. But I get the Zelda timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got about three minutes left, so um, 
we'll start wrapping it up. Yeah, so let, let me, I'll ask you both, what's been, I'll ask you Wally as a listener, what's been your favorite experience of doing this show? You know, the show itself is always really good and fun, and fun but the, the episode where we watched Moria Brothers yes, yes. is my favorite thing. I think that's ever. my favorite episode yes. we've ever done. Oh, easily. Yeah, because we did a commentary track for Super Mario Brothers. and I think that's what gave me my kidney stones. That's 100% accurate. I mean, it, and the reason, for, the reason why they thought it was so great is because of the fact that we, we were on fire. Because <laughs> yeah. like, that movie is just so great with content. And, and from I would not use the word great in that movie in the same sense. This is true. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know what other movie we could do where it has that level of shame. <laughs> so, I uh, can't think of a movie right offhand that's that awful. I mean, I said House of the Dead. and But even that, like, like, I think I would be asleep in the first five minutes of that movie. It is, it is, it is kind of boring in the first half. And, and, but it's also... Spectacularly bad. Yes. So, if you've never seen House of the Dead, good. <laughs> that's a bad movie. How about you guys? Um, you go ahead. Like like he said, I, that was my favorite episode we've ever done. I think my second favorite episode we've ever done was the Wizard commentary yes. that we did. Um, if you've never seen the Wizard, which is one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. Uh, basically a commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3 in 1989 starring Greg Savage. Right. It is uh, it's a 90-minute Nintendo infomercial for sure. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, we've, I've had a lot of fun doing this show. If you've never heard our show, go to NerdCaveRetro.com or go on Twitter, at NerdCaveRetro. Go give the show a listen. We've got 104 episodes now to go back mm-hmm. through, so there's a lot of content there if you've never listened before. Yeah. Um, I'll just say in closing, you know, like I said at the beginning, video games, when I was a kid, was a very important part of my childhood because that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. So, you know, meeting people who have that same common interest and getting to, you know, relive those memories has been great. And even when we get messages on, you know, Facebook and Twitter, people who listen and they share their stories, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And we've got some really good regular listeners that, you know, get with us every weekend and comment on the show so that we have you know more stuff to talk about be like hey well this person says this about this and it starts a whole new conversation so you know like we always have stuff to talk about on the show because I love Nintendo it's one of my you know I think back to my childhood and Nintendo probably makes up at least 75% of my memories as a kid so I love doing this show and um Thank you guys for doing it with me. Absolutely. Good fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's all I've got, unless you've got anything else. I'm good. You, are you need, yeah, any last words uh, for the show tonight, Mr. Wall? Uh, tips can be left at the front of the mountain. <laughs> 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 well, that's it. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at the real big wall. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else, so yeah, there we go. And I am at J Funktastic. 
And I'm at Derek underscore Diamond. And we'll see you next week on the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And Derek, please, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to Triforce. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.